Yo, yo, yo. Yo, yo, yo. You know, Polly Shore is, uh, I'd say, the jester of a generation. <laughs> he's the, he's the, gosh, he's the who, fool. Yes. Was it Jesse? Was was Jesse the MTV, the annoying MTV VJ who won the Jesse Camp? This, I think, he paves the way for Jesse Camp. If there is no Polly Shore, there is no Jesse Camp. I don't know. If- I forget what happened to Jesse Camp. There was like, I know like one scandal was like, I think he was related to somebody that worked high up at MTV. Oh, I'm not, interesting. So like, I'm not familiar with who Jesse Camp is. So real quick, who is, who is Jesse Camp? He was like, he was like Polly Shore for the late nineties, early two thousands. So what, he yeah, was MTV. like a comedian who then got into no, TVs and movies. He was a VJ, what they called the VJs. MTV oh. had a con had a contest where they had a bunch of candidates for who wants to be a VJ. Oh, so like Sway. And they narrowed it down to Jesse Camp Ooh. and, and Dave, a dude named Dave Dave yeah. Holmes. And I love Dave the Holmes. audience the audience voted for Jesse Camp to win. And Jesse, you know, his his very kind of Polly Shore-ish um shtick wore off in a couple of years. I don't think he ever um was hurt again. I think he again. only got like I think the job was for like a year and I think yeah. he got like the year and they kicked him out, but they kept Dave until like MTV stopped doing that video. And Dave stuff. Holmes still has, mm. Dave, Dave Holmes still has like a media career, doesn't he? I haven't seen him for a while. He's not as big as Carson Daly. If so. Okay. I thought he was still doing like various po- entertainment podcasts, kind of like how Mario Lopez is just doing entertainment style access oh, shows. Like- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it may not be glamorous, but it is a career, so... For sure. I mean, I do that. That's, I yeah. do that now for fun. And yeah, we're... Nobody- <laughs> we are literally doing that now, except instead of a studio, we have a dark bedroom, a light bedroom, and a medium bedroom. Yeah. I'm happy and to be the dark bedroom. are like... It's the juicier what meat. What are these dorks doing? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Jesse Camp, man. I remember Jesse Camp. I think they also rumored, like, he was, like, doing drugs a lot. Which, well, so, so it was Pauly Shore. I'm not sure. So wow, that's Pauly a <laughs> yeah. Pauly Shore. You don't say. By he did drugs. A hot. Well, that's what Pauly Shore gets away with so much more because he's like that comedy royalty, but it doesn't get him ah, as far, especially nowadays. I have a qualm. He, I don't think Pauly Shore is considered comedy royalty. Well, I mean, he's the son of Mitzi Shore, who ran the comedy club in los angeles and like oh that's what you mean okay so he he comes from people who own clubs and stuff well like mitzi shore owned like literally like the comedy club that every famous comedian that you've ever heard of from 1970 to 1990 like sure came through there so essentially what we have is uh uh the never mind i'm gonna cancel it i'm gonna go hard real quick on Polly shore (laughs) and i'll save it never mind Go ahead, Phil. You're going to say something. Okay. I, was, I, I saw that he had been trained by Sam Kinison. Like, he was raised within the world of comedy from a very young age. And uh, yeah. that was his Sam introduction. 
Yeah, Sam hung out with Mitzi all the time doing coke, like, at the fucking club. Like, and that's... Polly Shore grew grew up hanging with, like, all those people. Sam Kinison, uh, Freddie Prinze, not Junior. The, the senior. The senior, who is apparently a legendary comedian from the stories that I've heard. But then... So not familiar with his stuff. It's a case of, like, of nepotism, too. Like, Polly Shore is just obviously the spoiled asshole... <laughs> Like, yeah, that's literally what what he is that's, and his whole stick. That's what I was going to say. I didn't know you were going there. I'm glad I didn't cut your legs out of that story. Yes, it sounds like he is very much. Uh, I don't know. He got to where he is by who he knew, not his talent or comedic abilities. Basically, yeah. But I grew up watching many a Polly Shore movie, and I think. Mm-hmm. Phil, you maybe did too, did you not? I did, I did. I think this is the one that hit me in the sweet spot, because it came out when yeah. I was 13 years old, which is, okay. I would say, is the primo target age for this movie. A Polly Shore movie? For sure. I would agree yeah. with you. <laughs> and, yeah. and for this one in particular, because, so I have watched, over the, the COVID summer, I have watched now two Polly Shore films with my 10-year-old son. What was the other uh, one? This one and Encino Man. All right. Okay. And mm. Encino Man is top Encino notch. Man, Arthur loved Encino Man. He came away saying it was his favorite movie ever, the best movie he's ever seen, which he's known to make that claim before, but that's still pretty high praise. This one, he came out of it a I'm little awesome. less enthused. And a lot of the themes in this one were slightly more mature than yes. in Encino Man. So I think that plays a part in it. Quite a few instances of a casual sexual assault in this movie. That did not age well. <laughs> no, that did not did age not well. At all. That made Especially my wife very uncomfortable watching that with our son. And it was, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just played for like the 90s boys like, will be boys oh, antics. These guys. Oh, can you believe them? But we Gosh, were having this so running we were having this running count of how many scenes in a row can we go before we get to a scene or topic that could not be run now. And there were very few gaps. There was a lot <laughs> <laughs> a lot that was just we have progressed and that's a good thing. We can look back at this and go, look how far we have progressed as a society. From the nineties <sighs> comedy Thank God. No. And this is where you're wrong. Ourselves. This is where you're wrong. Okay. <laughs> because we've not progressed. Because on Facebook, when I talk shit about this movie, there are going to be so many people there like, that's the best movie ever. Why, Why are you being mean? Well, <laughs> so, no, we have not progressed. Thing. People still love and adore this movie. They voted I on this am, unironically. I am a self professed fan of Polly Shore. Mm-hmm. And, uh,. I don't know. I've got some things on this movie I'll say, but I will say uh, I don't think people honestly voted for this movie because they like it. Mm. I think at this point everybody really wanted to see Ryan suffer and <laughs> make him watch Biodome. I don't know if that was the case. I do. I I think for a majority. Check so the tapes. two of those votes check the tapes. were myself <laughs> and my wife who I told to hey look up this podcast and I voted for this movie and I'd like you to also vote it so Fucking that I can be on the show. Goddamn collusion. <laughs> it should have been wet hot. <laughs> so fucking pissed. It's a saboteur. <laughs> we have been infiltrated. Oh man. Oh, All right. Man. Well, is, 
This is the bet we live in. But Kyle, you are a Polly Shore fan. Um, before this rewatch well. of Biodome, would you say Biodome was one of your favorite Polly Shore movies in the middle, kind of forgettable? Where where were you on Biodome before this viewing? It's weird. It's hard to have like a favorite Polly Shore movie. I don't think it's that I hard because I, I, yeah. I, I think there might be a one good one, maybe two. Uh, two. Two. <laughs> That's the thing. I think most of them are enjoyable outside of In the Army now, which is just Ooh. an all-around awful film that I can't even enjoy ironically. <sighs> that jury one um, I did not also, like when I saw it several years ago. I like jury duty. Mm. Uh, for, I haven't seen it in like probably a decade, but uh, I remember not hating jury duty. The thing with, like, I don't know, a Polly Shore movie is... A garbage movie at its base. It's fucking Polly Shore. Well, but all right. Outside well. of forcing somebody to watch him, I don't think you would be shocked by what you find in a Polly Shore movie. Well, it very it's, much is. I, I I'm not even gonna label it like automatically like it's garbage because it's not for me. I think story wise, this is a garbage movie. Story wise, structurally, it's garbage. But so is like almost every comedy nowadays and then back then they're kind of garbage uh in execution and how they're put together thematically um i think usually the character arcs are very thin uh especially in biodome that holds true but i think true and true it is as you said it's a Polly shore movie and this is very much Polly shore's type of humor and if it's your thing i think it's your thing. I think so. Also, I won't say it's even garbage. I, like I just it's not my thing. Was I'm not a Polly. I don't see how this movie wasn't written like for Polly Shore. I, I feel like somebody like yeah. wrote this and was like, "Oh, this is a Polly Shore movie." I thought Polly Shore wrote it and was like, "Oh yeah." It. I thought Polly Shore maybe had a hand in it. Might have him and Stephen Baldwin it's, just you know being buddy buddy and like, what's the dumbest shit we can put on film and get away with and get a paycheck for? And then they did it. <laughs> it seems like this may have been a lot of of um, improv where they're just kind of playing off each other because there there are times when uh, Pauly is like laughing in the middle of his take and they just keep yeah. that in there. He's yeah. just he's laughing at his own at his own antics and that's I guess part of his character. But it also seems like it's more of an improv style of let's just kind of... And that that's kind of his comedy is just I'm going to riff off of this one character who I play in every single movie. And I'm just kind of going to make up words and dialect and idiosyncrasies as we go along. Um, but it's... it's Man, this is a, a interesting... It almost seems like this was... Um, Someone trying to do a budget Dumb and Dumber. Where we let's just take yeah. two dumb, two dumb characters and put them in a silly situation, and uh, let's see what happens. It's happened before. Yeah. We've made money off this before. Let's try it again. And mm-hmm. uh, spoiler, they failed. Yeah, spectacularly, they <laughs> failed. This killed yeah. Polly Shore's movie career in a very, very uh, immediate way. But this was the nail in the coffin, right? It was the final big one. Or yeah. No, did it, was it in the army now before this? I don't no, know. In the, in the army now, I saw an interview with him where he had signed a three budget, a three movie deal okay. with Disney to do Encino Man, Son-in-Law, and then 
there was a he, he had been offered a a part to play a British au pair, and <laughs> um, and and Disney stepped in and, and from another studio, and Disney stepped in and said, "No, <laughs> you're doing your third movie with us. You're doing it in the army now," and it failed really really bad and and That's i saw really i think it was an interview with with joe rogan where paulie's like i think i think that was a really big turning point where you know mm. if i had if i had chose the british au pair movie then i would have i think that would have set me up for a little bit more i disagree yeah same. uh because because he had five chances to play s- different characters and he just i think the the shtick just wore out this was this was 92 through 96 Five yep. year, five years of the same thing, and audiences eventually need something else. That's why Jim Carrey goes and does things like Cable Guy and and um, starts experimenting with with drama and dramedies. Eventually, mm-hmm. y- you know, you just need to play a different character, or else you're going to be Michael Sarah playing the same awkward teenager in every single movie. That's why I keep saying, like, I really think Ryan should watch Polly Shore's Dead. Because it is like actually him playing a different type than the squirrely weasel character a bit. It's still I mean, if he's... All right, like, I will say, I've been putting a lot of thought into this. Uh, mm-hmm. Because oftentimes comedians, uh, they can they can make that transition into hard drama. But if Polly Shore is just being like an understated, morose version of himself, I don't know how impressed I'm going to be with that movie. Just like... Him without the jokes and just understated him playing the straight man or being very, you know, morose because it is about like him faking his death and like having people confront him with the thoughts and that. I, I don't know how impressed I am with that because then it's like you're just doing kind of yourself or a very, very slight, slightly different well, version of yourself. Whereas like, I, yeah. I don't know. I, Pauly Shore is a comedian. <laughs> he is a comedic actor, and I don't. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ryan has finally been broken. I just. I um, mean, it's how hard do you want me to go? Because I can go hard all day, but I feel like we've we've I'm been sure here. We've been here now like twenty yeah. times with these fucking movies, and this is the next one on the list. And dare I say, it might be the worst one I've seen yet, or the, like not even the worst. Not maybe not even the worst. The one I've engaged with the less because immediately, like you can see the type of humor it is, and it's one hundred percent not for me. Mm-hmm. So discredit my opinion going forward because well, there it I is. I want to know. Yeah. My question, I guess, first of all, this movie is also like a product of its time. There was like a giant environmentalism push in like the mid nineties. I feel. Yeah. Like, well, with Captain Planet too like and everything. Yeah. And the biodome was like, a real thing. Like this, the, the biodome yeah. existed in real life. So it's, I think there's been like a couple of them at this point. Like yeah. a couple of people have tried them. And that's a whole, whole rabbit hole to go down on, uh, go down <laughs> in. Yeah. Sorry, I have actually me. looked them up before too. Like I've read like some of the Wikipedia articles about them, and they're they're pretty wild things. Like I guess they are pretty sensitive too. I don't think any biodome would actually withstand Polly Shore and Stephen Baldwin <laughs> occupying it for any amount of time. I also don't, man. I don't want to get into biodome the movie yet. I want to know mm-hmm. would either of you guys 
spend any amount of time in like a biodome for a research purpose like right now or when i'm the age of their characters because they're they're what junior Mm. college so they're supposed to be 20 21 ish Mm -hmm. early 20s yeah i think at that stage that's a definite pass but uh now 100 percent i would i would absolutely go spend a year uh, for a full year kind of farming homesteading doing doing That's scientific true. You're work like really into that right now anyways yeah i mean I, i'm doing that as we speak so why not um do it on a much more hardcore level and right. really um kind of dive into it i think that'd be a fun experience for for a limited time a one year window I don't know if I could commit to like a full year because that is hardcore, but like I'd like to try it for a little bit of time. I've always romanticized the idea of going camping for like what a, a cop out answer. Know? It's yes or no. One year in a biodome. Not no, like I could do sometime. I, I didn't say it, but I said, would is there any amount of time you would do in a biodome? Oh, really? I didn't say. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, that's, that's the way I presented the question. Eh. Come at me hard. I mean, yeah, I'm already on the fucking roll tonight. I, yeah, no, I mean, probably not. I should, but no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't now. I wouldn't then. It's not something I'm interested in. So you wouldn't, like, help out with the NASA Mars study? I'll donate blood. I'll do a lot of stuff, but I don't want to live in a biodome <laughs> for a year or any amount of time, to be honest, unless it's, like, maybe a weekend. And like a very soft weekend, like I'm talking like Saturday and then Sunday morning, day. I'm out. Or you also have Monday off of work, so like yeah. you can travel I need, Sunday. <laughs> I need that day, still- <laughs> that rest day on Monday, the recuperation day after this yeah. biodome trip. Of course trip. you do. That, I I don't know. You're not a you're not a machine. Yeah, yeah. I I I don't know. It's it's a very good cause. Uh, yeah. I just I don't have it in me, and I don't think I'd be a very a positive influence on anybody there like i could do it and be the worst person in the world to live with i could oh yeah it'd Surely be no just. fun it'd be no fun so i'm doing the world a favor honestly by not partaking i guess what am i allowed to bring into this biodome um That's right now well, i guess right now you have you would have had contact to the outside world where you would not that would not be the case in 1996. There is no uh, no yeah. World Wide Web true. like we have it now. So uh, it would be it would be very easy to go live in a bubble for a year if you have. You know, but you're a not audio video set up. any meat for that whole year. It's all sustained from vegetables, and I think that's like I could adapt, but I I don't want to. <laughs> you that, don't. See, I think they were still eating fish, though. Were they eating fish? They were eating tilapia. Maybe. Oh, that's Dr. right. Dr. Okay. Mimi yeah. Simpkins right. says that they raise their tilapia through the, the rice patties, and then the, oh, because the they fish go eh, eh, on the rice, yeah. uh, as, <laughs> as Doyle so pleasantly puts it. They also, uh, that poor pig, he did not make it to the end of the movie. No, no. Mm. <laughs> he, got, he got cooked at the giant party. Yeah, this is um, this is a weird movie with the environmental message is like this big thing that they but like 
it's a it's an hour and a half movie for the first hour and 10 minutes they spend just shitting all over this environment (laughs) it's literally like the worst thing you could do to like trigger anybody who's into like saving the environment like all of it like flashbacks like how they catch all the butterflies like everything is horrible and then at the end they're just like oh but like the earth's great We should they do all it. that within like three weeks. Yeah, three weeks. They managed, <laughs> they managed to destroy Doctor Romulus's entire insect collection and then kill it several days later with a giant uh, fly trap. <laughs> I love when they're fucking running around in there and just being assholes and purposely pulling shit off of the fucking shelves. Yeah, they're playing the game of hide and seek and and trying to get away. And yeah, Stephen Baldwin's just pulling cages, pulling <laughs> containers of it's... butterflies down and letting them all free. And yeah. Um, yeah, it's you have to you have to divorce yourself a little bit from uh you know the actual reality of what this, oh, this yeah. would be like. This is a but cartoon. Th- this movie yeah. makes yes. no bones about it. Like it's a cartoon and if you didn't get that within the opening like five minutes where they're coming with up the with book? Yeah. Like this is this is a cartoon world. None of this shit is 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 important or real or even close to reality. It's just I don't know. Yeah, they, whatever. They, they, whatever. They literally funny. have twittering bird sound effects when Doyle uh, gets hit with the book against the bookshelf. So <laughs> not to mention when he hits him in the head, he does like does like a flip <laughs> into the bookcase right. or something. Like it's right. this it's weird, like gravity defying like cartoon I physics. Can. In retrospect, I can't tell if that was on purpose. If they were trying to, if they were trying to present that as he got hit so hard that he involuntarily did that, or because they are trying to injure Doyle, if Doyle just launched himself backwards into the bookshelf. Oh, uh, interesting. But it, it does co- it does come off as a bad attempt to say no. The physics of being hit with a book. Uh, launched him backwards twenty feet, like it's a like it's a crouching tiger, hidden dragon type of. Um, <laughs> That's what I physics. took it as. This, yeah, well, I mean, and so did I. Is, I yeah, I definitely took it as that because this is a movie where they also are just frolicking with coconut bombs and throwing them back and forth and juggling. As you know, this is Roadrunner shit. This is Wiley e. Coyote and Roadrunner <laughs> shit. This is Biodome. I did enjoy when I was going to purchase this from Amazon. Ooh. It gave me the Metacritic score, and it has a one. One percent. <laughs> it has a one percent. That one, one like is Armand White. It's Armand like White. One of nine <laughs> movies to have a one percent meta- Metacritic score. <laughs> it was. Uh, I was like, oh, okay, this is what we're getting into today. Because I literally watched this like four hours ago. So, so. here we go. This is the first travesty of the night. You paid money for this movie. As Phil did, too. How much did you pay? Not like the the $4 or $5 rental free on Amazon. You paid for the HD, huh? I I didn't have the SD option. Free on YouTube. In HD. From YouTube movies, yeah. Which I found out way too late. So that's that's the first travesty. Is $8 at the very least were spent uh, funding Biodome. (laughs) Jason well, Blue, Kyle and I, you are paying money into into Polly Shore's residuals, and you're not. So we're we're supporting the entertainment industry. Yeah. 
We support oh, the arts. Oh, we want to make sure that I Stephen do. Baldwin when I'm entertained. Polly Shore deserves yeah. nothing but the death he got in that fucking movie where he died but didn't die. <laughs> Stephen Baldwin made um, six cents because of Kyle and I. Yeah. So I'm honestly okay with that Baldwin because I feel like Stephen Baldwin. And I hate this. I hate this argument when anybody says like. Oh, but you can tell they're having fun in a movie. Stephen Baldwin, honestly, legit looks like he's having the best time he's ever had on camera. (laughs) And there is a little bit of joy to have in Stephen Baldwin. Even though let's talk about Stephen Baldwin a bit because are not good. He is literally perfect as Doyle, and he's the best uh, like to play off of Polly Shore. I think I've ever seen. I, I would disagree in that Andy Dick because they're both the same type of annoying. No, but I, I, have Polly Shore and Andy Dick ever been in anything together? I'm in the army like, now. In the army now. Oh, were they? Fuck, I forgot he was in that. Yeah. God, that movie sucks so bad. <laughs> oh yeah, anyway, yeah. Stephen that Baldwin. movie sucks. I Let's totally continue agree. talking about Biodome. He's, he's totally having a fucking ball in this movie. Um, I do think, like uh, Phil said earlier, you can tell a lot of times that uh, Polly Shore is like breaking in the middle of giving his lines. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But I think that also does add to the two of them. It's it's rare, and to give the movie some credit, like the friendship between these two guys feels authentic. Like, no, you don't think no. so, Ryan? No, authentic is way too lofty of a fucking word for the two cartoon <laughs> shells of two-dimensional characters that these fucking idiots are. This is this is a life version of Beavis and Butthead and nothing more. So yeah, to say it feels authentic, sure. I don't know. Because they're both just fucking cartoons. And I don't have cartoon f- characters as friends, so that's not authentic. In fact, it's the very <laughs> opposite of authentic. I think it's the most hackneyed sure, you and, and contrived bullshit possible. It definitely feels like these two guys like hanging out with each other. I, I that's okay. What I'm <laughs> I can agree with that. Sure, these, these two cartoon characters, but I mean, that's just <laughs> such they, a faint. Positive. These two people, <laughs> these two people, do not exist in real life. These are these they are. Couldn't. Yeah, they they break into tribal dances at the like oh, at the yeah. snap of a fingers. They have their own kind of unique language that transcends reality these are absolute just cartoonish characters but i do feel that they they belong together i know doyle is playing kind of a he's essentially playing a different Polly shore he's he's trying to do his best Polly shore impression almost i feel and i it, it yeah. feels like the two characters huh. do play off each other well enough it doesn't make it entertaining but i I, I can kind of follow that that line of logic. And, and it's I, interesting you mentioned Beavis huh. and Butthead because Beavis and Butthead Do America came out in 96 as well. This yeah. was kind of, this was a, a year of man-child movies like, like Black Sheep and like Kingpin and The Pest came out a year huh. later. And this is, I think this was a really good microcosm Ooh. into this this era of 90s movies where we really enjoyed watching 30-year-old men behave like 13-year-old boys. I will say <laughs> the one that does stand out 
in that one is Black Sheep, maybe, because you have the David Spade cynicism and straight man character who is reacting to the bullshit craziness around him. Whereas this movie doesn't technically have that at any point. I think it's all crazy bullshit. Like, no character is remotely straight or believable here. I don't think. And, like, with... So, and I think that doesn't work. That's why this doesn't work. You need a Sean Astin type in Encino Man uh-huh. that can be the straight person. Or the Carla Gugino and son-in-law. Right, but when, we need when you the start... audience insert. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess the scientists kind of play that role, but you really need, I think you need a best friend type character to mm-hmm. say, you are a strange individual and you need to be checked because you don't get that with, with Doyle. You don't get that with Andy Dick in In the Army Now. And I True. think those make for for much worse movies as a result. That's really interesting that you bring up the audience insert and that the best we have is the scientist. And I think that's one of the big failings too is usually the audience inserts somebody you can relate to and you project yourself onto and you're like, oh yeah, I'm totally on board. But like the audience inserts in this case are two women who helplessly fall in love with these buffoons. One who's just a nerdy fucking bug collector who's a total butt of all jokes. And then one who becomes a weird villain at the end who thinks he's God. So like those are the audience inserts. Like I don't relate to any shit that you're presenting me there. Like there's no insert in this movie. You completely erased the woman of color. Doctor Biggs, Doctor Biggs. Oh, which, I'm sorry. Who's barely barely in this movie, but to show up and roll <laughs> her eyes when Polly Shore says end. something stupid. She's the hero. How is she? I, the did, hero I do say again? she. I forget. I she, legit forget. How is she the hero? She, she uh, shoves. Her. She shoves Doctor Faulkner, who's trying to blow up oh, the okay. the heroes at the end, and she's the one who runs up behind him and kind of half tackles him. Uh, but I do feel that you you forgot her justly because of the five scientists, she's the one that she gets nothing. the yeah. least amount of, of comedic mm-hmm. time, of air time, of character building. She is she's I think she is literally just a token black character mm-hmm. and doesn't serve any other positive purpose in this movie. Agreed. Agreed. They didn't know what to do with her, but they needed her there. And so, thus, she also, is just an empty nothing of a character. There's, I will say kudos, also, kudos to the movie for putting more women than men in the scientific roles. I think that could have been very... Um, they could have easily gone with a bunch of male characters. It is interesting to note that the the person who is funding this, uh, ah. I think it's Dr. Leakey. The Burbs when, guy. <laughs> Yeah, when Dr. Faulkner goes crazy, his first response is to go to the other man and say, oh, I should have put you in charge, Romulus. I'm like, right? there are two competent, brilliant, doctorate-level women here, and you're going with the neurotic bug guy who, like, can't stomach having his own Is that an intentional joke, though? I don't know. I think it's just a... Or is that just a sign of the times? well, are they that competent because both of them fall in love with Bud and Doyle? Well, I think that is the most unbelievable part of this whole cartoon. <laughs> Agreed. Is Agreed. that these two doctors who, after one I've month, are completely, advance. completely smitten with the antics of these two junior college yeah. um, 
just subhuman cartoon characters. But it's that all part- have literally ruined their entire life's work. They've right. invalidated mm-hmm. everything that they'd built up for. Like, you gotta figure this thing was in planning for like at least five years. And hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, the dude said it cost him a hundred million dollars, and that was in '96, man. Yeah, yeah, that's a fucking lot of money back then. But it's okay because Polly Shore and Stephen Baldwin are so wild and likable that they become <laughs> pop culture icons, and we can market them, and they get like whatever they want. So I don't know. There's no point. This them. is a movie where I can just like list every issue with the plot and that would fill two hours of just me 100%. saying this is wrong. This is fundamentally wrong. This is inherently like devoid of logic. There are so many no point leaps of logic of this in this movie that I don't know. It's not even worth know, like breaking down. How much <laughs> how much of the biodome did they build for this movie? Like Oh, I'm curious about that. Like maybe three or four sets. I can think of maybe three or four different locations. I wonder if it's like a water treatment plant that is the front like they use in uh, some other movie. I think Twin Peaks does it, too. Oh, anyways. Uh, also, a giant travesty in this movie is one of the hot scientists is played by Kylie Minogue, who is an Australian singer slash actress. And, oh yeah, uh, she is horribly dubbed over this entire movie. Oh, is she dubbed by a woman? <gasps> oh yeah, of course, because that uh, Kylie Minogue has an Australian accent. They fucking oh, I thought right that was just her movie. Uh, trying to do an American no. accent. I was like, that's not the worst. She was totally uh, oh, ADR'd all over that. Place. Well, this movie thought- is an ADR riddle because there's so much <laughs> fucking ADR throughout this entire fucking movie which tells you how unsure they were of all the jokes of anything in this fucking movie that at the last minute they were still stitching this motherfucker together like this stupid Frankenstein corpse it is <laughs> hey guys we're talking about Biodo it seems like a lot of times I feel that definitely Polly Shore if not also Stephen Baldwin were legitimately high while filming some scenes at the very yeah, least Stephen Baldwin <laughs> We do yeah. need to talk about what makes this a stoner movie if it's going to I be so. outside of the overt weed references that are in there. Although, interestingly enough, for, for a stoner movie, there is no actual weed smoking in this entire thing. It's, it it yeah. is all implied or advocated, but nobody is seen smoking. They smoke cigarettes, but they don't, yes. which seems weird. Like, why... If you're going to to make this implication of these guys, it seems like it would be very easy to. Well, this put is PG thirteen, and this That's is back the in the nineties where there were probably uh, much much more stringent restrictions on what you can and cannot War show. On drugs. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, and this is back when marijuana was like vilified. Which is interesting because they're huffing nitrous in a scene. Like they get a giant. <laughs> giant tank of nitrous and just go to town on it and that is way worse that is so bad also i really appreciate that he's making all the blue velvet references during that i fucking like that that went right over my head i didn't get it so blue velvet is this super fucked up movie that david lynch made Mm -hmm. where uh david lynch who's the guy that plays king koopa and mario brothers movie hopper Uh, dennis hopper yeah. yeah dennis hopper plays this fucking dude that is addicted to nitrous oxide, and he's also this fucked up, weird, sexualized gangster, and he always huffs nitrous while he 
has sex with this chick who prefers to be beaten during sex. Again, this is a David Lynch movie <laughs> I'm describing. Uh, but anyways, Hopper's super fucking weird in it, and they make like a couple of references during the nitrous scene, and I, I appreciated it, because it's a fucked up movie, and more people should watch Blue Velvet. Well, look at that. Disagree. Look at that. Uh, <laughs> Bud and Doyle are David worldly Lynch. a little bit. Super overrated, super overrated filmmaker who I think honestly just shoots shit and then filmmaker or film people go crazy over it. Good point. Fuck that guy. I mean, honestly, let's fucking we've talked about the Roger Ebert breaking shit down. Like, let's watch a David Lynch movie, break it down and honestly, like one to one, talk to me about it and and convince me of the artistry there. I will. I, I there is so much bad shit. In David Lynch movies, I just, I don't see it. I don't see any, no. <laughs> well, it's not my job to convince you. If you don't like it, you don't like it. No, it's okay. it is. You are on a podcast talking about movies. Your job is to analyze why things work and do not work. So, yes, if okay. you are going to talk about David Let's Lynch, I expect you to bring it and tell me why Let's it's working. Blue Velvet. Fuck no, it. I don't want to do Blue Velvet. Well, I don't want to do any David Lynch. I'm saying, but if we talk you about did- it, you have to, you have to convince me. You have to bring it. Okay. That is your that is your I'm not doing job. that on Biodome. Why? We're talking about Polly Shore and his artistic endeavors here. Uh I think the jokes I am he curious. brings are really weak here. And I don't remember a lot of Polly Shore movies, but I will say I think his shtick is all that's there. It's his it's his weird way of speaking is really all there is. He doesn't really have any solid jokes. I, I the the best I can think of jokes are like the the cheesy pickup lines he uses on the female scientists, and that's like the closest to a an actual joke, other than them just doing slapstick against each other, either in the present time or in these weird like Family Guy flashbacks of like them as children beating each other <laughs> up and kids. shit. Like uh-huh. it's it's yeah. just it's. It doesn't elevate itself above anything more than the cartoon really violence and like loud noises. I feel like this is just like a lot of like they're they're talking funny, so that's funny. Also a uh, Don't forget the fart jokes, right? There are oh, several instances of that. There's a whole there's lot, a lot of, of fucking farts. fart jokes. Yeah. <laughs> whole lot of fart jokes in this movie. Yeah, and then let's um, laugh at Stephen Baldwin's butt because he ate the keys and they want to know where also, the keys are. Like, I, how many takes did they have to do to where his butthole wasn't visible? <laughs> he has he has a meaty uh, buttock. It is. I it also is. wonder if like if there was some like prop gluing involved to keep the cheeks because like he sticks it up against the glass. I feel like I don't know. I've never put my ass. You up are glass, asking if there was thought what? to Stephen Baldwin putting his bare naked ass up For against sure. glass well, in a movie where there was no thought in the script, in the characters, in anything. You think there was thought in the PG thirteen movie? If they nah. show his asshole in this movie, it would have to be an R. I think they just I shot what they shot, and then they cut out any time a butthole was there, and that was it. <laughs> I don't think there <laughs> was any the thought face into like screwing butt them? cheeks. Yeah. We've I got, we've got a six-second clip uh, where the brown eye is not being shown. We can use <laughs> for that. I think that's um, what it was. Yes. I, <laughs> I think there's no effort or thought into that shot. Just It's his like, butt it's like needs Clint to be Eastwood. On we do one take of the butthole scene, and that's it. Whatever we get Before is in the get, movie. 
It's it's a clip. This obviously looks like a fake butthole. I don't care. That's what we're using today. We're moving on. We we're got, not coming back with a real butthole. We've got 18 days to film this thing. Cut it. <laughs> we're moving. Oh man, clip. That's this probably is obviously true. Obviously a doll. When when he, when Bradley Cooper turns around, the eyes close because he. <laughs> I don't care. We're going with it. Oh, who's the director here? Bradley Cooper. I would like to see what. Am, what who would kill oh, themselves so first if Clint Eastwood directed Polly Shore? What? <laughs> like Clint Eastwood or Polly Shore? Who would? Yeah. Who would kill themselves first? <laughs> I think Clint Eastwood. I think so too. <laughs> I mean, that's not that's not anything. I think Polly Shore would not get tired of Clint Eastwood. I think Clint Eastwood would get very tired of Polly Shore. Oh man. I think Polly Shore Polly is unfazed Shore's... by anything. I feel like you were the head professor in this movie while watching Biodome. Oh, yeah. I've never related insane. to the villain more in a movie than William <laughs> Atherton. The fucking bad guy from Ghostbusters made more sense to me than the protagonist of Biodome. That's a fucking issue he's in your movie. The, uh... He's the asshole reporter from Die Hard, is he not? Yes. Yes, yeah. he is. Yeah, he plays, that's yeah. totally him. <laughs> he plays a really good asshole. It's, I mean, yeah. there, there is someone who can play the same character, but twisted up enough so that it's fresh and a little more usable in various movies than, say, the weasel. Mm-hmm. But he's he just, <laughs> he plays such a good bad guy in everything I see him in, and I, I really enjoy him. I just, I just, you just yeah. love to hate him. I feel sad that he's in this movie a little bit, but I was like, I don't really hate are... him too much in this movie. I, I mean, think he's enjoyable. I, yeah. I think his arc is weird and doesn't make sense in any sort of reality. But like, I, I'm like, I'm totally with him for most of this, and I think he's got one of the best <laughs> jokes when they're like doing the introduction to all the scientists and he's all up on all of the women and then they get to Romulus and he's like very far away and is like disproving and doing that. I, I like, didn't get That's that. That's a fucking really clever dig. Like this guy's like a sex pervert and like he's really into all the women and he's like touching them and like being very Biden-y close, you know? And then like you get to the shot with Romulus and he's far away and he's just like, no, do it again and like very dismissive. I'm like, that's subtle and that is clever. I didn't pick that up at all. That's a very did clever guys, joke. Did you guys get what what type of scientist he was? Because I, I was able to gather the other four, yeah. but I didn't never yeah. remember what his specialty was. Uh uh-uh. uh. No, I don't did remember his specialty either. Now that you mention it, I know Do- oceanographer, the bug guy. Um, uh huh. Who- Doctor Biggs was that's 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 Denise Dow. She was the uh, geologist, that's and right. then. Uh-huh. Um, Mimi, the the supermodel esque woman who uh, I use that literally because she was a supermodel prior to her acting career. She was the the agriculturalist. Um, she's an interesting. Also, oh, go ahead. What, what was with her eating that fucking carrot? Oh, Kylie. Yeah, that's sexual, right? Like it's something. Li- in her literally mouth. the first the first one on one conversation between Polly and. Dr. Petra is her just sexually really going to town on this carrot and yeah. like I I I don't I, I'm speechless. I don't really know where 
how to analyze There's that frame by frame scene, but it is male gaze. This is hey, was this movie written <laughs> by sure. a dude? By a by a pretty yeah. lonely dude? Yeah, okay, check. Yes, yes it was. There you go. That's that's this scene analyzed. I will I'll read Is it clever? I'll read you the writing credit. Bunny? And it's is it acknowledging this movie is a cartoon? Is it super clever? Like shoot him up with a carrot? Ooh. The writing credits are no. an, an Adam, a Mitchell, a Jason, a Kip, and a Scott. So it was it was five lonely dudes. Oh wow! Who, who came up with people this? Wrote <laughs> that tells you this was rewritten. They're like, this script doesn't work. Let's oh, yeah. try somebody else four more times after the initial script. And now That's you have so the masterpiece weird. before you. Polly Shore's I what opus it started out as. So I guess it maybe didn't start off as a Polly Shore vehicle either. It was, um, gosh, who was it? I was reading about this. Uh, Harlan Williams was going to be. It was Harlan Williams and one other comic that I hadn't heard about. And I was I was reading about this in some sort of trivia section about this movie that this was going to be their their vehicle to kind of get them on the oh. comedic map. And then eventually this got this got snatched up and was like, no, we've got these. We've got two names. We've got a Baldwin and we've got. Polly Shore, who's got you know a five year <laughs> movie one. movie Christer movie career, so uh, sad for Harlan Williams because um, I like Harlan Williams, and that would have been uh, I'm not sure what he could have done with this, but it would have been completely different because he's such a different comedian than Polly Shore. Yeah, for sure. Uh, speaking of Polly Shore's comedy here. Um, as somebody who has never really been a super fan and is not too familiar with it, this this viewing of Biodome was maybe my first Polly Shore movie in like seven years, and the last one was In the Army Now, which cemented the fact that I hate Polly Shore. Uh, totally and you said that's a mistake, now. yeah. But um, yeah. a lot of his comedy, I I like four beats, at least three or four beats of like homosexual panic. Where he just gets real close to somebody and is like, oh, like, and he does oh. stuff real weird around them and pretends like he's gay and that's the joke. Or like, there's Dude, a point too where like definitely... him and Stephen Baldwin, him and Bud and, oh God, what's the other one? Bud and Doyle. Doyle. Um, I was going to say droll. Bud and Doyle. Uh, where Bud and Doyle just go like, bisexual brothers or something. And like, it's just just weird beat from nowhere. I'm like, what is what what is this comedy? Like, what are you saying? Like, what is what what does this even I fucking mean? Polly Shore was always kind of flirted with the uh, the bisexual effeminate angle. Like, has he? I, maybe I, I just didn't been, remember this. He's always been very effeminate, from what I remember of Polly Shore. Like, sort of more of the weaker kind of sex, but not like. I don't know. It's weird. He he flirts with it. He always dressed with like the weird tighter pants and women's clothes. He always wore scarves. Like in, yeah, in Cino Man, he's always got like the 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 silk scarves. Oh, that's true. He's always like ah, you know. That's he's true. Kind of had that I forgot character. about that. That's true. But but that is that is a lot of the joking here. Other than him riffing, um, and I was going to go back to also Stephen Baldwin and his jokes and Polly Shore's cracking and breaking. I just I really don't yeah. think they're that worth breaking over usually. 
That's why, again, I think I'm pretty sure they were severely stoned for a lot of this movie. That's yeah, like that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, there's so many times Pauly Shore break. It's he's like fucking Jimmy Fallon in an SNL sketch. Like, <laughs> yeah, and they just go with those takes so many times. Yeah, he. Yes, yeah. Jimmy Fallon was on the tip of my tongue on this movie because so many times you see him like smirking in the background or like trying to like hide laughing of just like again like Stephen Baldwin making fart noises or like running into a wall really hard and it's like I don't think that's I don't know. I'm not an actor, but it doesn't seem like that hard of a thing to act. Like, whatever. I don't know. How many? What about uh? How many times face? does Stephen Baldwin run into a wall in this movie? I can remember two because times off the top of my head, but three? I guess there's I'm the, more. I would say more. There's the book. There's the initial book scene where he gets hit with the book and mm-hmm. kind of launches himself in the wall. There's a part where they're they're annoying. Um the geologist doctor at the front and I think he runs into the main wall and then there's a part where yeah. he's locked it they're locked in their bedrooms and he tries to run into the door trying to trying to escape I yeah I'm probably okay. missing at least another one but there's at least three that I can rattle off the top of my head I can think of the that's what I came up with was three um what about uh Joey Lauren Adams stepdad Oh, is that? I, I was I wondering if we were going to get, get into this shit. Stepdad or a stepbrother? That was such a weird character. Stepdad, because she refers to him at some point as like your, like her mom's lover boy, mom's current, or something. Yeah, lover boy or boy toy or yeah. something like that. Yeah, okay. so he's the stepdad, but this is the first of many things that don't age well at all in a Me Too era. Like this movie is littered with this shit. And the stepdad is maybe the most blaring example out of like where the where the boys trying to try to find beds in the middle of the night, which is also like really weird and not funny. But like this yeah. dad is his dialogue is so fucking rough and not like good. I I wanted somebody else to talk about it because I feel like I'm often put into this role of like moral outrage at movies and like I want to break from this shit. Like let somebody else See, do this. I get here's the thing I agree with you, but I don't think at any point in this movie that guy is presented as a good guy or a cool guy that you should be relating to like he yeah, is shown he's... as the scummy one. The scummy thing is when like Bud and Doyle get in the bed and we're supposed to just be like Oh, haha, they're just boys. Uh, yeah, like, when Russell like, does it, it's creepy. I disagree. Right. It's creepy, but it's still just played for laughs, laughs, and it's made entirely light of. Like, enough so that he gets, like, jokes later on in the movie where he's, like, the last one in the biodome, like, trying to go out. He's like, oh, oh, sorry, sorry, before you close it up, let me out. Like, he still gets a, he still gets his time to shine. Like, there, I don't know. I, I disagree and that it is played so light that I don't think they're saying, like, he's out and out a villain or a bad guy. It's just like, oh, that's my fucking stepdad, waka waka. Like, that's it. I don't think there's anything more than that. And so, like, it never, It. I don't know. I don't think it addresses the creep enough. And it just kind of is like, we're okay with this type of humor, too. And, and so here's this type of humor. It never does anything with it. <laughs> 
Like Joey Lauren Adams is disgusted, but she's also disgusted by Polly Shore. So they're saying like to give a shit about the environment or to like not care about the environment is equally disgusting the, uh, as the other college the boys creepy that are assault just using shit. the environment to try to get with them too. This movie is filled with a lot of shitty men. I really don't enjoy this movie. I I don't enjoy this it's movie the 90s, at all. Man. Uh, well, I agree, and this, I don't know. I fucking hate the 90s. I think I think the wrestler had it correct. The 90s sucked and there were a few things to salvage, but mostly like the 90s is a decade where we learned we could do better and we should do better. <laughs> I don't like the 90s. I don't have much nostalgia for the 90s. Uh, so I look forward to all the future Stoner movie Septembers where you give me nothing but stupid fucking 90s comedies. <laughs> but this is this is maybe I like I said, I, I don't know if it's the worst one. But I've enjoyed this one the least. This it's just I I hate this. I uh I hate everything about this movie. Well, I'm glad that it's finally beaten Dude Where's My Car. It's 100% worse than Dude Where's My Car. I I didn't think it would be top, but I I hate this movie. Like I legit don't see any merit. I can understand why other people like Dude Where's My Car. It's just 100% not my thing. This movie is a piece of shit. I don't think anybody who worked on it in any capacity gave any shit about it. It is a garbage fire. I don't think... Here's the thing. Nobody <coughs> disagrees with you because it's literally rated at a one on the Metacritic. Uh, by <laughs> no by critics. Are you arguing by critics. Anything? You look at the audience and they're 51%. On Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. It's like well, 3% critics on Rotten Tomatoes or 4%. It's like real low. But audience, 51%. So you say that, hey, man. but you're wrong hey. because critics don't listen to this podcast. Those 51% motherfuckers do. To which I say, hey. again, no, go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting ramped up. Yeah, go so, ahead. <laughs> then my question is, what makes this so memorable as a Pauly Shore movie? Because I feel this one stands out uh, in a general audience when you think of you know, if you pull someone, what are your hmm. what are name name a Polly Shore movie? Um, do it Family Feud style. I bet this is going to be in the top two with Encino Man. I think this outstrips Son in Law and In the Army Now and Jury Duty for name recognition. And it made the least amount of money out of all of them. It was among the worst rated out of all of them. I think Jury Duty was a zero percent uh, on Rotten oh. Tomatoes. So. It, it beats out jury duty by, by 4%, but this one, and for me, uh, growing up, this is the one that, that I enjoyed watching and probably watched, uh, multiple times between 1996 and 1999. No kidding. I think, I think there's a couple of reasons. I think number one, this is the one that I remember most of. This one and in the army now. Uh, the marketing pushes behind them. I actually remember seeing these movies advertised very heavily. Mm -hmm. uh, Biodome also, I feel, has like the Stephen Baldwin angle, and he was also starting to get kind of huge in the 90s. And then that also went nowhere, I feel, after this movie. I feel it <laughs> kind of killed it for him as well and made him one of the jokes of the Baldwin things. So, yeah, to go from the usual suspects to this is pretty pretty bad 
I, I, you say bad. I disagree. I, this is where I will disagree. I'll say it shows range. And I like that. Like okay. Matt Damon did Stuck on You. Never forget, he did Stuck on You. And that's a piece of shit comedy too. But like to be able to do that but that's shit. That's Farley Brothers, is it not? It is, yeah. And Farley Brothers and are super the, hit in yeah. this. But they they went real high and they've still been writing a lot of peak, I think. They have, and, but, but like Matt like... Damon also I think is game to just do like funny things too. Like he he doesn't have he has range. He has a sense of humor about his career. He's not whatever. He has and I think Stephen Baldwin to be able to do Biodome, if there's one credit I will give to him, I think he really commits to like the stupid bit well. I just don't think he has good yeah. material written for him. But he does that character very, very well. I think great range on his part. Good on you, Stephen Baldwin. I that's the only part I disagree on. Alright. Do- I like it. I'm, I like it. I don't I don't think I was shitting on Doyle because I actually enjoyed Doyle too. I think he's way better than Polly Shore. I think, yeah, like actually, yeah, being something that I enjoy watching. He does more. He's more than entertaining. Just be Polly Shore, yeah, yeah. for sure. Polly Shore, he's feels, Stephen Baldwin. He what, actually knows how to act. What's the What's the chronology here? What uh, in Polly Shore's career? Where is this movie again? Is this his penultimate movie? This is yeah, this is kind of his the end. Yeah, this is kind of the last of his okay. of his run. The swan song. I was gonna say it feels it feels like he's phoning it in in this one. Like he's really like not For putting sure. in a lot of effort comedy wise. Like if you look at the pair, you definitely feel Stephen Baldwin is really trying. Again, I don't like the material. I don't think it works for me. But he's trying and he's doing something there. And I think Polly Shore is just kind of doing what he does, but like without much real energy in this one i i can think back to son-in-law and encino man i feel like he put much more energy in those movies as much as i don't like the weasel i I, he puts energy into that shit you know and this one didn't feel that way to me it felt kind of lazy on his end agree disagree no, I totally agree. I think it's also really weird. I kept thinking this time while I was watching it, I thought that Polly Shore's shitty red hair dye looked really weird, and I didn't know what the fuck was going on with that. I thought that like, was just like nineties coloring, or just like if he's just like in a thing. I don't know. Also, Stephen Baldwin's twisty dreads were really fucking terrible, but I think they're supposed to be, and I enjoyed them, even though they're god awful. I got a little bit of trivia on that. Uh, he was. Oh, yeah? uh, he what he did win most excuse me nominated for worst on screen hairstyle in the nineteen ninety six Stinkers Bad Movie Awards. So you're not alone. <laughs> Stephen Baldwin was or Polly Shore? Uh, Baldwin, the Baldwin. the little like uh, okay p- pencil tip dreadlock things that he had. Yeah, yeah, they they're they're really bad, but they were totally also very nineties for that type of character. I think they were supposed this to movie be was. <clears throat> Yeah, this movie was very '90s from that from that introduction. That was my favorite part of this credits. movie. My favorite yeah. part, <laughs> like the really, I thought it was uh, uh, the like rubber chickens was, flying around. I that is the one time I was like, man, I kind of miss this Gonzo pop art era of the '90s. And then like the actual story starts, too, I don't man. like it. But like, I really love like those weird visual intros. I I. I don't know. I dug them. It's yeah, my favorite yeah, part, like the stop motion pop art 
realistic, yeah. like you're using actual real items to do a stop motion animation type yeah. of. I think super intro. indicative of the '90s, but I again, that's when that's 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 to the '90s what the cartoon opening was for the '80s. We'd have so many yeah. '80s movies, oh, like yeah, live yeah. action '80s movies, that would have kind of a wacky cartoon introduction credits where you see the main character like snooping around the credit scenes as they're going on. Mm-hmm. Like Baby's Kids, one of my all-time favorite ones. Yeah, mm-hmm. Baby Kids. But Baby's Kids is all hand-drawn. I think it's a, oh, that's, that's true. entirely an animation. The fuck am I think. Yeah. Oh, four rooms. <laughs> Let's do that one inside. <laughs> like that one. Uh I I literally right out of the bat, I don't know why the fuck if you have this much money invested in this entire endeavor, open the fucking door kick him out and restart the clock you saw him right when the fucking experiment started it's not like they were stuck in there for like a few days yeah i never bought that the this idea that we can't like the entire dr faulkner says the entire experiment hinges on the one year it has to be from the time it closes to the time it opens up it's one year and i don't get how you can't open it up kick him out and restart it an hour an hour later yeah and the results yeah the results are somehow completely destroyed yeah this movie doesn't work because there's no way you can write it to work (laughs) because then you'd say like oh then take away the control from Faulkner and then just lock them in there and have it be an automated lock that they have no control over but then that's like that's bullshit because in any situation you would never build something that you'd be auto locked into that you wouldn't be able to get out no, of there, there's, there's no way emergency. there's no yeah. way you can write this premise you'd build a rickety back door with the key already <laughs> lodged inside of it for a character <laughs> to escape from deus ex yeah, machina crew just forgot about thank you yeah, so much of course for this impenetrable <laughs> inescapable fucking fortress there's just no oh, there's this window with a key in it oh shit <laughs> this was also a thing that like i thought of that they sort of address like they come out and they have like tons of parking tickets But I'm also thinking, like, do these guys obviously have rent that they're just not paying? Like, yeah, they've got what the fuck's happening here? Are they just, oh, we're going to stop and keep these dudes hostage for a full year? Does that constitute kidnapping that they're holding them in that room against their will? Like, it's criminal confinement. Maybe, but Free they also Doyle. immediately like start coercing like Mr. Moneybags into giving them stuff. And like they they get like the rights of the boxing figure set that's them and that whole gag. So like correct. they're also getting something out of it too, but like this again, this movie there there it is written, it feels like by an overcaffeinated 18-year-old. And I don't appreciate that uh, as sure. a 30 year old. Yeah. Be- because this is what it is. Like, there's no thought to the world building. There's no thought to any of the logics of like anything that's happening in this movie. It is just what would be funny? How do we write to the funny thing? All right. That's good enough. This is a movie hey. where that's good enough wrote the check on every fucking day of set. And it's just, hey, Tony. it's eh. Tony, Meh. you think that if I wrote it that Joey Lord and Adam's character doesn't ever wear a bra, that like she won't ever wear a bra? I think that was yeah, the 90s thing. That. The 90s were a time hey, where nipples were... It was just a Joey Lord and Adam's thing. No, it was also <clears throat> like Joey super Lord prevalent Adams in France too. never wears a fucking bra. 
She doesn't wear one in uh, Mallrats either. 90s, dude. That's a lot of 90s movies. Yeah. And her little friend. This movie has a surprisingly deep cast of cameos and character actors yes mm-hmm. did you catch did you catch tenacious d there in yes! in the college party tenacious d yep. fucking showed up playing guitar that's the one I, yeah that's that the only one i did catch if there are other cameos was, beyond that i don't know if i caught them rose mcgowan was in there yeah. for yeah. one scene where she presents a flyer to uh to monique and jen she has like the little white gloves and everything like what is rose mcgowan's whole thing yeah so that's kind of like an l woods type of type of yeah. legally blonde look she had it was yeah uh, um, huh. and then who else who else uh patty hurst played bud and doyle's mom that's in, right that's right in the flashback scenes super familiar with patty hurst and her uh i know her as i know her as a name but not necessarily mm-hmm. as an acting commodity um, she was also she was in Crybaby. I love Crybaby a lot. Okay, I'm looking at uh, looking her up. Uh, yeah, what is her filmography? <laughs> okay, Patty maybe she's not as as FBI. Wait, is her name so why Patty I... Hearst? Patricia Hearst? Because I'm getting Patty Hearst is somebody who was murdered. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe that's what we're doing. Oh no, she murdered right. somebody. Scrub this whole oh, part. So this is different, different from Patricia Hurst. Yeah. Different Patty Hurst. Okay. Never mind. That's probably <laughs> why she goes as Patricia, not Patty. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hey, we learned something today, boys. Thanks, Biodome. And, and that's what this movie uh, is all about, is learning. <laughs> for some reason, like, whenever I still think about this movie, I have two images that really pop into my head. And those two images are like, Polly Shore when he's trying to get by with a football and he's like, come on, let me buy. <laughs> Stephen Baldwin's like, no, I don't know why that scene. And then also when Stephen Baldwin is trying to make a filter out of the cigarette butts, mm-hmm. that like whole scene like is burned into my brain forever. Was that, in the, tra- like- was that in the trailer? Because I feel like, like I remember that as well. And I was having a, a chat with some folks on on Discord, and someone else brought that up of the making a filter, making a filter thing. It might have been. I also remember the uh, the whole safety dance thing was in the trailer. I remember that. Uh, and they they literally have a little person dancing with them in the montage, which yeah. is an. Again, it's it's a cartoon. It doesn't make sense. How is that person in there? It's just it's just kind of a throwback to the actual safety dance music video. But it's it it was interesting. Um, my my biggest takeaway, similar to the making of filter, was uh, shave poochie poochie, which my friends, <laughs> my my high school friends and I, literally drunkenly tried to shave our one hundred and fifty pound dog. Um, several years later in homage to this and uh, awesome. ruined ruined a very nice set of wall clippers <laughs> and um probably I, I i regret to say nicked our dog a few times and oh, i yeah i don't feel good about that um but it is it is uh somewhat of a cautionary tale to the influence that the, these type of movies 
can and will have on an impressionable mind. Right. Apparently, Beavis and Butthead caused somebody to burn their house down. I remember yeah. that being a news story. I I could buy that. Yeah. I would I would argue and agree that Polly Shore is not good for the nation's youth. No. At the experiment of the '90s has taught us that Polly Shore should be as far away from inspiring your children as possible. Because Phil tried to shave Poochie Poochie. <laughs> My poor sweet dog. He didn't deserve oh. that. He didn't deserve any of that. And it didn't hope- work. It is it is very hard to shave a dog. They have coarse, oily hair, and yep. it is damn near uh, impossible. So uh, that, that scene is just a fucking lie. Yeah, I like... I think they were using like a hand razor in the scene, and I think yeah. hopefully... They obviously weren't cutting it. It was just fucking shaving cream stuck in this dog's fur. Um, the whole way they get out of the movie is silly. The whole end party is silly. The whole way they get into the biodome is silly because he can't pee uh, in public, but like he's not by anybody. They're behind shit in private, but he can't pee. So then they use fireworks in a stupid Looney Tunes display. To distract everybody to sneak into the mall. It's the dumbest shit. Everything is dumb. It's, it's Everything is dumb. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's it's it's interesting because they're portrayed as such disgusting individuals. You know, ten minutes earlier, we're watching Stephen Baldwin loudly rip the toenails off of Polly Shore with his teeth. And yet mm-hmm. he's pee shy and he can't pull over to the side of the road and take a whiz in the desert. He needs to go find. I didn't even think a, about that. Yeah. A shopping mall. I mean, it's it's just bad. It's, it's just the poor writing that you're talking about. Of You know, we need to find an excuse to get these people in this place. Let's just who cares if it makes oh, sense he, or not. Just he needs he to pee. pee. He thinks it's a mall. <laughs> but like these are gross, disgusting individuals. It's true. Who, um, I'm I'm not convinced uh, he is pee shy could do anything with each other are intimate with each other in ways that they probably will never be with Joey Lauren Adams or the other one (laughs) um Ryan you said you laughed a couple times do you remember what jokes actually did work for you I, I, I told you the one time I laughed it was William Atherton being a creeper on the women and then the shot of him then being very far away from Romulus scolding him I, I thought that was super clever uh, and I laughed I chuckled otherwise there was not a uh, fucking noise out of my mouth except for the slow sighing of death because I was dying on the inside there's no joy I had in this movie. Make that perfectly clear. Not a smile, not anything. There were there were a couple of times that I did laugh, but I was surprised uh, at the end. There was I remember there was like a big fucking long part in like the middle of the movie where like I was just like just watching it, ready for it to get somewhere. And then I think I chuckled at a couple things at the end. I forget what overall they weren't that great. I really loved it when um, Stephen Baldwin smacks that fly and then licks the fly body. That's that's funny. That was really funny. I like that part a lot. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> what else? I really like that part where Polly Short made other people feel uncomfortable with the way he spoke. That was really funny. I like that with part the way a lot. That he, what? he spoke because he spoke. Oh. 
very unnaturally, and he made people feel uncomfortable, and that was very funny. He was he was against the grain. Do you feel that like living with a Polly Shore or Stephen Baldwin type would be like living with a sound engineer Andrew type for a year? No. Or worse. <laughs> Better. Easier. No. No way. Like, these are irredeemable assholes. May I point out the yeah, scene they where are. they, like, just gleefully kill all of the fucking butterflies and many other flying things? Uh, for a joke? Like, are they... They're not really trying to help, so they present it, like, as, like... I thought a, that they were. They say, like, oh, we got it for you. I don't think that... I don't think they were. And maybe this is because of Polly Shore's bad fucking breaking and acting, but he has a fucking smirk on his that. face the entire time. So there's no way they feel bad when they present the carcasses on the fucking flypaper to this scientist who loves all is- these fucking things. No, that's that's the level of joke. It's just mean spirited buffoonery. This is this is <laughs> stupid, stupid shit. I hate this. I hate this. Uh, I'm trying to think of what uh what to use here. I don't know, Phil. You you have a lot of other numbers there. You you had mentioned at the beginning. Do you have some some other notes you want to hit on? I had so I was able to one. There's a there's a fun little piece of trivia that I was able to to dig out. So Doctor Doctor Simpkins. Um, She's she's the agriculturalist that that digs uh, Doyle. Um, she among her acting credits, I think this might be her last acting credit, uh. is that she she co-hosted an infomercial with a certain future president in the Donald Trump Way to Wealth seminar from two thousand nine, and that there are some YouTube clips on there, and that is. That is a fun little gold nugget because she. That's good. It's it's, it's really kind of bizarre because she's it's, it's she's presented as this host to this this sh- I guess um, sales pitch and she's interviewing him, but she's like giving them he these these softball questions of like you know people want to know just you know how why are you how do you maintain your looks and your fitness at your age kind of things. And there's this real kind of weird, gross um, flirting going on between the two of them in this. Mm. And and I can hit you up with those links, but that's that was a fun uh, catch when doing a little bit of research on this. Oh, that's sad for her. Or good for her. I don't know. I don't know her life. Which Maybe actress great. was this? Which one Doctors was it? Seconds. Or the uh No, the tall the tall brunette. Not Kylie um, Minogue. Dara Tomanovic. Oh, okay. Oh. Poor her. Yeah. That's real sad. But then she was also yeah. subjected to the stuff she had to do in Biodome. So <laughs> it's about the same. <laughs> Can you guess? You guys want to take a guess where how much money this movie made Ooh. on op- on opening weekend and total gross? Do you also have its uh, budget? Because I am curious about that as well. I do. All right. Yeah, I've got all, all right. those numbers. I'm gonna say budget is is twenty million, and then okay. the okay. opening box office. So this is for the weekend, or this is yeah. Okay, opening weekend. Two million dollars, two point three million dollars. 
Okay. I'm gonna then, I'm gonna guess budget of thirteen million, but also similar opening three million dollars. Okay. It's its budget was fifteen million. Ooh, okay. Okay. It opened at number nine for, for the weekend and uh, made five million dollars. Better Ooh, than we thought. Okay. Okay. Better than we thought, and then thirteen point four gross total over the life over the. the so it did not run. even break even. Wow! And this, a, and a fifteen million dollar budget means they spent fifteen million on advertising, so that's more like a thirty million dollars there in the hole. Usually, advertising is about the budget's worth. Yeah, it's it's an interesting. You can see, you can see from a numbers perspective. America just being <laughs> done with Polly Shore because you have so Encino Man 92 40 million dollars Son-in-law 93 36 million In the Army Now 29 million Jury Duty 17 million Biodome 13 million Every wow. single one makes progressively less money and then studios are just like man you're not we're no this is yeah. no longer this well Obviously. has run dry. Here's, this two-foot deep well has run dry. Here's an interesting thought. If Polly Shore were to do this shtick nowadays, do you think he'd be more successful with the, the streaming model and just skipping theaters altogether? I think, I think if he, he would have a prominent have Hulu career already. or Voodoo or something. Maybe. He'd have the Adam Sandler deal where they're just pumping out garbage on a streaming platform and getting money because they can do something for $10 million and like everybody would watch it because I know that person. That's, do you think that's Adam safe. Sandler works because Adam Sandler is so vanilla and middle of the fucking road that it catches enough people, whereas fucking Polly Shore is weird yeah, and odd enough that most true. people don't fucking enjoy it anyways, and especially not now. There's no way that a Polly Shore... He's good for cameos and bit parts. Like, That's he was funny when really he showed up and Workaholics, it, Kyle. but... That's a really, really, really great way of putting it, and I never thought about that way, but that gives me hope in the population that he is too weird for them <laughs> and they don't embrace him. But I think you're right. I, I think mean, he is. I, I, Yeah, I never thought about it that way. Because, like, if it would have worked, I guarantee goddamn tea Polly Shore would have done it and fucking milked it dry at this point already because that dude is desperate for money. They're yeah. pretty similar, I, I feel, because they Sandler and Shore were in that same time frame Sandler's mm-hmm. just got more more range. He does the shtick of mm-hmm. the character who talks funny, be it little Nicky <laughs> or the water boy. Yeah, yeah that's but, shit. He has a new one. Has that's the same ones. thing. He does, it's not the same one every single time. And then he does try to do more mm-hmm. serious or adult movies. Even as even his comedies become, you know, for as as much as they get ragged on. They're not the same as his uh, twenty mid twenties characters who are just man children, and now it's you know grown ups and grown ups two mm-hmm. and grown ups three Tokyo Drift and all the other ones that have come out. <laughs> grown ups three Tokyo Drift. The smart thing that Sandler did too is that very early on he started the Happy Madison Production Company, whereas mm-hmm. Polly Shore I don't mm-hmm. think did. He just was an actor and just hung out and did drugs and had a good time. Like yeah. Adam Sandler diversified like he could put his other friends in movies, which Polly Shore with his comedian connections 
could have also done something like that with a production yeah. company if he'd actually worked on it, committed to something, made something with it. Like if he, he actually put in effort people's... into his movie yeah. career, you're saying? Not only just his movie career, other people's dude. Like I said, he knew so many comedians. He could have been yeah. fucking dumping out comedian starring movies. Yeah, he could have been a very solid producer. Company. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But no, he he wanted to do drugs and have sex with playmates and then fade away after five years and that's what he did. Uh jokes on I him, know, he just so earned right. eight dollars for it. <laughs> You, you've already said this is the worst stoner movie September that you've had to review. And maybe the worst movie I've had to review for this podcast. I fucking hated this movie. Wow. I don't think there's anything okay. redeeming to it. I think it's, as I said, I think mean-spirited buffoonery. It's not even, it, there's no semblance to a movie. This is, this is a fucking cartoon of a farce with just two idiots, two mean-spirited idiots who somehow get like the come to Jesus arc where they change around, but really like they don't learn anything. They just get lightly scolded at a party for 90% of the movie. And they change during a montage set. It's, uh, it's trash. It's trash. It's trash. (laughs) And I think it's that influential trash that kids shouldn't watch because they mimic this shit and it's wrong. And this is why America is where it is. Because we had Biodome <laughs> 20 fucking years ago. And it influenced people now, who are now, like, running shit. There you go. This is what happens. <laughs> Phil, America. Phil. There you are. You, uh, you showed this movie to your kid. As a person <laughs> who exposed your child to this movie. I did. Uh, how do you um, feel this compares to the other movie that got you onto Stoner Movie September, which was, oh, I can't remember. Homegrown with Hank Azaria. Grown. Yeah. Um, well, there were no, while there was sexual innuendo in this, there wasn't any um, Hank Azaria fingering a yeasty <laughs> vagina. Uh, so <laughs> this is slightly more child appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Give me I, that one. I feel so. I, I we this touched on enough mature themes that we did have a parental kind of conversation. Just like, hey, anything you want, any questions you had, anything that maybe confused you, kind of things. Uh, so, and we kind of talked it through with Arthur. You know, here's this was a product of its time, and some of the themes and some of the things i.e. sneaking into a girl's bed and then putting her arms around you, it, you know, is that's not okay. Don't do uh, that. That's sexual assault, and we don't do that <laughs> Whoa, to people I'm now. I'm just having fun so. like Polly Shore did! <laughs> this is just... Yeah. Um, but no, I, I, I got his, his takeaway from it uh, <clears throat> last night and made sure to write it down. So this is in, in Arthur's words. Uh, good concept. Meh execution. <laughs> it probably it probably would have held up better if it hadn't been made in the 70s so that's <laughs> fantastic so I fantastic. feel I, yeah I feel I feel happy with with that I don't feel as uncomfortable um, showing it to him he did he did cover up or rather grab his mom's hand. And place it over his own eyes when uh, Petra and Mimi uh, decided to fawn all over. Oh, uh, and make Bud out and with Doyle. Him and all that. 
make yeah. out with them, and there's lots of butt squeezing and things like that. And he was a little bit uncomfortable with that. Kudos at to least you. at least with watching it with his parents. I don't know. So <clears throat> I really like that you used it as a teachable moment to be like, "Hey, man, uh, there's a lot of things in this movie that aren't great. You should <laughs> take note well, of those and don't yeah, do that." It was specifically the the tr- that scene, and then just the absolutely um, uh, human body defying inhaling of the nitrous scene that we had to be like okay these things one we don't do this to people two we don't do this to ourselves because this um, this might kill you and or land you in jail so now that we're all done with that this is a comedy it's outlandish Um, this is probably the first step into many more raunchier much more offensive comedies that exist out there mm-hmm. so uh baby's baby's first raunchy comedy <laughs> is all right is this one well it's a good thing to start them out at the bottom level too because yeah you can only go up from biodome right you don't want to put him in a position where um i think like we did with with monty python on the holy grail where you that's... show him something that's really really good before he's able to appreciate it and one, he doesn't like it and doesn't get it. And two, uh, he's going to be seeing worse movies from here on out. Uh, whereas here, it's only going to be, it's only getting better for, for his future story movie Septembers as he gets older. <laughs> I hope that uh, Arthur gets to partake in many more Stoner movie Septembers with us. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. This is the first one. Um, <laughs> but maybe I'll go back through your guys' catalog and see if there's any... Anything that is remotely viewable for a ten-year-old. I mean, dude, where's my car? Is PG thirteen, and there's no single drug so reference outside of I a dog also, maybe well, getting stoned, but who knows? They don't really, yeah, say. I think isn't Harold and Kumar? Is that's that super or is that hard? R, nah, dude. Is it? Yeah, okay. there's some boobies uh-uh. in there. There's some boobies in there. Lots there? of boobies, man. Lots of boobies okay. and lots of fucks and many things. Uh huh. Uh-uh. And <laughs> hardcore, like that's 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 gonna be a talk. That's a movie you're gonna have talks about in 2020. You're gonna have to have some serious talks after that one. I don't. I mean, I already know Ryan's is a zero. I don't really hey, know how don't to rate judge. this Maybe movie. Maybe it's a ten out of ten. You don't know that, or whatever dumb scale it is. That. On a scale, f- fuck out of. They don't give us anything. Zero to ten, dead. They don't give us anything. Butterflies. Put that quote on the fucking movie poster. They don't give, they don't give us, us anything. anything. How about how about this? On the homeostasis scale from zero to hundred okay. percent. There you are. Where Love do you that, rate Phil. where do you fucking rate this a. movie? God damn. You I should like host it. a podcast, Phil. You're really good at that. Uh yeah, that's perfect. Ryan, where would you rate this? Let's start with you. Where would you rate Whoa. Biodome? 100% it's, on the homeostasis scale, obviously being the best. It's complicated, but it's 100% a zero. Fuck this movie. I really had no joy <laughs> in this. I, I like. I can. I can think about the appreciation that Stephen Baldwin had fun and like really brought something here. But again, it was never entertaining because the jokes he had were garbage. I didn't like any of the jokes in this movie. I didn't think it was fun. I didn't dig it. I don't dig the style of humor. A bad showcase for everybody involved makes nobody look good in this movie. Anybody who has this movie on the resume, I'm I'm pretty sure, 
it's it's the black spot. I don't like this movie. <laughs> I, I don't understand if anybody has seen this movie recently and likes it. I don't get it. I just I don't get that. Zero. I nothing redeeming. I fucking hate it. Sorry. Wh- whoever is next. Phil. Phil, what about you, buddy? I don't think I'm going to be as harsh. Fair. I would. <laughs> I think. I don't regret having watched this movie. I'm not. I don't think I particularly enjoyed it, but it was. It was a fun. At the very least, I felt it was kind of a fun nostalgia romp and a little bit of a window into the mid '90s. It's it's not completely unredeemable. Like I don't know, say any of any of the weird Meet the Spartan spoof movies from like the 2000s. That those things I feel like would be would be a zero percent on my scale. Uh, I will give this. I mean, it's comparing a different to- genocide to another genocide. Like they're all <laughs> genocides. Like you're not wrong. Like those are horrible too. This is. This is Pol Pot versus like <laughs> Idi Amin whatever. Or some shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and by that I mean I'll give this a like a 12, 12 to fifteen percent. How about thirteen point four percent, which is how many millions of dollars this it made? Movie made. Okay, N- near irredeemable. I am okay. probably overall the most positive on this. By that I'm not much more. I'd rate this between. At 20 to 25% on the enjoyability scale, I did have some chuckles, but for the most part, even watching this movie, I was like, like I said, a lot of time I was just, I remembered this movie, it was a nostalgia trip similar to Phil, but overall, like, I was just watching it, it was a thing that was occupying 93 minutes of my time, so, uh, overall, not the greatest, definitely not my favorite Pauly Shore movie, I don't think it's the worst but it's it's kind of there. I enjoy Stephen Baldwin a lot. He carries this way more for me than Polly Shore does, so that probably gives it a higher rating overall. But still, eh, you could not ever watch Biodome and be okay and not have missed anything. But if you do watch it, that'll probably be the last time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah. You've got one more Biodome watch in you. So you choose when you want to watch it. But yeah, when you watch it, you're probably that's, good for life. Yeah. That's, that's it. That's going to be the last call. Um, I think I'm done. I think I'm good for the rest of my life. That is a good way of I'm, putting it, Phil. <laughs> I might have one more in me, but I'm. it's up there. For Jesus, sure. I don't, why? I don't see... You could watch literally well, any other 90-minute movie. Any other 90-minute movie. I don't think I will ever seek this movie out to watch, but in the situation that I'm somewhere with cable and it's on syndication on TV. And you don't flip the channel? Does anything else? I might check it out for a little bit. All right. I might fall asleep on a couch in front of this. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. I thought we were going to wrap up, but now I can't because now my mind is blown. You're going to turn this on. What part are you hoping to like jump into? Like, I, like, is there, like, a specific part that's, like, really interesting? Like, a section of the movie that you find good? Or just, like, why... For a two, 25... Let's, 25 is the high end of your review. Out of 100, that's a 1 in 4. 25%. That's failing in any fucking aspect. You see it. 
Yeah, Why the fuck failure. would you like have this on even in the background as you're doing something? Again, because I have to figure like maybe something else is on a commercial. Maybe I've gone through the- and we've landed at. That's what I'm saying. The I'm not co- going to watch like the I'd whole thing. I'd say the thing. commercials are better. They're probably much smarter no. edited. What if I'm what if I'm channel surfing through out of a commercial and I come across the safety dance montage? I'm going to watch the safety dance montage. I mean, I can give you because of I'll that song. I'll give you that. That's fair. <laughs> I'll give you the yeah, song. That's what I'm I was wanting. It. That's what I want. All right. So that's one of. All right. Okay. Fair. <laughs> fair. It's not going to be the scene <laughs> where. Uh, the main professor is addressing the press and Bud and Doyle come up and throw bananas at the fucking glass for no reason. <laughs> Just to be assholes. It's not going to be that scene. I'll tell you. What I am going to say, though, is, Phil, buddy, I'm fucking glad that you got on Stoner Movie September again. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to do it uh, two years from now. Again, we'll keep this up every two years. I'll, I'll nominate <laughs> something and... I don't know what next. These were kind of... I was never much of a stoner movie person. I just kind of... I ended up watching these two um, independent of stoner references. But there's plenty more out there. So I'll I'll try and find one. I'm excited to see what you bring next time, buddy. I always fucking love having you on. I love talking to you. I love you, Phil. Yeah. I I, I want you you on an episode where I'm not just yelling about a movie, please. That's true, too. We gotta have you on for something. Yeah, let's get you on for something where we can have, like, a rational, decent conversation. And I I put the emphasis on me in that situation. I feel... (laughs) I feel like I said this the last time we ended uh, our, our episode. Uh, let's do a Bloodsport episode. I will. I will happily Fuck be yeah. on to talk about talk about Bloodsport happily. And Ryan, if you shit all over that, I'll I'll forgive <laughs> I you. Know. I was gonna say That's I've not thing. seen Bloodsport, so I don't know how I'm gonna feel about it. It's a John Claude Van Damme badassery. It's it's Blood on Sport. Netflix. So um, it's on Netflix. It? Fuck yeah! All right, yeah. Let's do Bloodsport. Let's Sport plan soon. for November or December. Let's get Bloodsport in. I'm gonna write this down. Okay. We could do more action movies in December. We've already got our guaranteed Die Hard, but I would talk about Bloodsport in December. Honestly, I am super cool with like let's make a month just December's action movie or action game month. It's just all action. <laughs> Fuck Christmas and like holidays. Let's just do action stuff. I like that. All right, I'm, in, I'm on board. Van Damme. Beautiful. All right, Van Damme film. I, I, then, uh, no, must like. <laughs> All right, got it. Must like or the sequel no, to Must Like Dogs, Must Like Van Damme. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen uh, JCVD, and I think that's brilliant. Mm-hmm. And that's maybe the only one I remember outside of the one where there was a bomb in a hockey rink, and I don't remember the name of that movie. There's a time cop. It, no, uh, the hockey rink. That's sudden death. Sudden death. Oh. That's the only John Claude Van Damme movie I've seen. Sudden death and JCVD, the artistic John Claude Van Damme movie. Have you ever seen the footage of him as the original Predator? No, he was the original I've Predator. I've heard of it. He was the original Predator, like the alien, like with makeup, or like he was, was in like human and, face, and it was John Claude Van Damme. It was a completely different alien design too, and they. They brought in Jean-Claude Van Damme. It's fucking wild, man. And he hated it. He hated it. That's why he quit, and that's why they got, like, a completely different Predator design and all kinds of shit. Well, they got a huge dude. They got, got like, a seven-foot-plus tall, super lanky dude who could play a, you know, giant menacing alien. Yeah. 
When they when they did it like with Jean Claude Van Damme, they wanted a sleeker, like stealthy alien, so they brought like him in because he was small and he did all this kung fu shit. Nimbly, and the, nimbly. It, it had like a it had like a long lizard neck, like his face was here, and he had like this foam head that stuck. He hated it. He couldn't yeah. do any of his kung fu stuff in this foam suit, and he quit. It's it's great there's, though. There's no splits in this movie. Where <laughs> are the splits in this Predator movie? But it's wild. I'll I'll try to find some of that footage and I'll I'll send it to you guys just because it's hilarious. But yeah, other than that, Phil, fucking a man. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Um, if you like Phil, be sure to check him out too on our Patreon episode because of course he's going to be talking about King of the Hill with us too. And uh, you know that only costs a buck. If you love Phil, you'll love that episode. I know you will. So go over and mm-hmm. check it out. I love Phil. Do you love Phil? I know you do, audience. That's why you're here. Ryan's giving me the look now. Hey, what are we doing here? To sell. What are we doing here? I don't What's know. <laughs> what we're doing He's here my... is we're going out. We're going He's out. my hype man. Yeah. I guess so. All right, cool. Well, <laughs> <laughs> hype, hype, hype. But Phil's great. <laughs> uh, Phil is great. I'm doing a bunch of That's visuals say. That's we're going for this out audio out. podcast. Yep. I'm Kyle. Thank you so much. I'm Phil. And I'm Ryan. <laughs> There you go. We'll catch you next time, everybody. Uh, Go smoke yourself. Adios.